We start podcast 104 with a question. What has Balls to Picasso and podcast 104 have in common? That's right, they are both second solo attempts. Robbie recklessly abandoned his his duty when, let me take you back to about two and a half years ago before the world had to uh, lock itself down. Late 2018 I suppose it was early 2019 he goes I'm going to book a holiday for me and the family first one abroad mate and I said to him then I said what about in two and a half years time mate what about podcast 104 we're going to have sent anger on we meticulously plan here as you well know well oiled machine as we are and he said no I've got to do it mate I'm going on holiday so right now that's left me holding the fort yet again while Robbie's, he's actually gone to Paul Hutchins and he's borrowed his budgie smugglers. And right now, as we speak, Robbie is sunning himself on a sun lounger. Um, factor 20. He's, I've told him factor 50. He's put factor 20 on because he wants to get a, a, a tan, uh, a golden sheen about him. Um, so, and that's where he's got a pina colada in one hand. He's got the um, the history of the mackerel in the other hand, a good book or the history of the egg sandwich, whatever it is that he's reading. And uh, he's listening to us, he's listening to me, talking to you, holding the fort here, mate. And um, all I can say is I voice the opinion of all the club and say, when are you going to be coming back, Robbie, um, and give us some real quality on the podcast? In the meantime, mate, and everyone else, um, you are stuck with me. Um, So Robbie's um, gone on holiday for a week. And uh, I'm sure he's having a good time. He sent me a, a, a photograph. And you would think, is it a case, is, is he sent me a photograph of um, of the family, of the beach that he's staying at, the view from his hotel? No, he sent me a pint of booze that he just bought and a pizza he was about to eat. And if you can, um, so that's that's uh, that's fair play to him. That's fair play to him. So first of all, uh, welcome to podcast one hundred and four. This is going to run down the weeks um, or the fortnights uh, goings on in the club, um, just to give it the some kind of context. Um, what's happened this week? It's been hot, uh, very hot. Everyone's been saying so uh, on repeat. Um, We've got Boris Johnson's done hasta la vista baby in the Houses of Parliament to bid farewell. Someone doing that, a good analogy saying that um, Boris, Yon- Boris Johnson staying on his caretaker role in Prime Minister is the equivalent of asking Harold Shipman to stay on in a practice while they find a, 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 another doctor. Don't know whether that's true or not. Let's not go political, but that's the week it's been. It's been hot and Boris has done one finally. So... We are going to, I'll give you a running order as we do. Uh, podcast 103, I'm going to run down that. I'm also going to run down, do something slightly different, seeing as Robbie's not here. Uh, I'm going to run down St. Anger, and then I'm going to go through the reactions uh, that we had for St. Anger. We've got a couple of mentions. Uh, we've got a rank and file where Paul Hutchins is helicoptering into the episode. So we welcome him when he comes. I wonder if he'll do any singing like um, Neil Bolton. We got a Penson's plate. We got a so far so good sophomore and a next round to draw. And we got what have you been listening to? So, thank you first of all to everyone that listened to podcast 104. I really appreciate appreciate everybody's input, and everyone's input is going to get a, a little bit of highlighting here. So, Andrew Matthews, another great listen. Though I'm easily pleased. Is there something going on near Colville? 
I would love to hear the machine's thoughts on the rank and files. You're going to get that. Any more flying ant stories, Cole? That one was enthralling. Well, yes, flying ants um, abound. I could give you my accounts of um, people repeatedly saying that it's hot. So thank you for that, Andrew. Uh, Jamie Kinghorn. Is it Colville this weekend? I didn't think you mentioned it. Other than that, another good listen and special thanks to Robbie's neighbour for the soundtrack. Um, Jamie has actually done a T90, but I'm going to save that for the next podcast, mate. So thank you for that contribution. Des Coley, worth listening just for Neil Bolton's vocal talents. If anyone has missed uh, 103, go back and listen to Bolton's bangers and Neil Bolton's brilliant rendition of Elimination. Just cracking, just gold. Uh, Jason Manley, cracking pod as ever chaps but sorry to let you down with my globe trotting shenanigans aha was cardiff again but the car uh uh but the castle this time so thank you very much going to see uh spreading his wings out there in uh to see aha spreading his wings in terms of musical taste so that's fine frank holby just listened you would both be welcome for a man cave metal night thank you very much mate uh, that sounds uh very good a, a, a man cave metal night enjoy that kevin adamson's been on you mean that really wasn't the real bobby blitz no it wasn't that was neil bolton giving it some so uh that's good frank holby uh, bloody hell replied to the wrong post listen tonight you both more than well yeah and he said that that's thank you and kevin meldrum kev might not have got photos of enforced but i did along with gatekeeper magnitude and dead heat so that was the enforced gig that both kevin adamson and graham meldrum both stumbled into uh, i say stumbled into they bought tickets and went along so that's good so that was thank you for all your contributions for podcast 103 really appreciate it. it's there to be listened to if you haven't already if you stumbled upon us in podcast 104 so um this podcast underway and we i'm just going to tell you what is going to happen now so picture the scene uh, my wife is out on a curry that she'd been planning since the middle of lockdown they had put that date in and because it was so far away i was going yeah of course you can, of course you can do that day well there's no problem with that at all happened to be the same date as the colville metal meet up near derby that uh, i really wanted to go to uh, but you know it was I was second. I, I was a, a, a poor second to the organisation that my wife and her friends uh, uh, kind of done. So ha had to concede. So um, there I was wishing I was at Colville. But instead, I was kids were asleep upstairs. Um, wife was out in a curry. I was uh, watching uh, or on the telly rather watching was um, a ladies football match from the Euros. I think it was Holland versus Sweden or something like that. And I was listening to St. Anger. Um, and I decided because I kind of knew that Robbie wouldn't be at this one, I thought I would run this down. So if, please feel free to forward it for the next 15, 20 minutes. I've listened to every song and then given no more than two minutes review on each song. Just some observations, really. Um, and that's all it is. It's I'm not I'm kind of judging it, I suppose, but I'm, I'm more observing what I'm hearing um, in a weird sort of way. I hadn't listened to the album. I'll explain all of this in the when in the rundown. But that is the scene. Um, so for the next 20 minutes, I just, you know, I go, hey, now it's on to the next one and on to the next one. And what I would really like, if you would like to as well, is just to listen to the song uh, or yeah, listen to it, listen to my review of that song, then listen to the next song, then listen to my review and see if you agree, disagree, 
are my observations correct? Are they not? Why aren't they correct? Do you agree with them? Do you disagree? And after that, I'm going to give you a, um, a little summary of what I feel about the album now. And then I will read out everyone else's comments. So without further ado, I'm going to hand, I'm going to go back in time. I'm going to hand you over to my good self as I'm about to listen to Saint Anger. And I will see you guys on the other side. As I've probably already explained, with Robbie away in sunny old Spain, it's left to me to hold the fort again. But what I thought I would do is, seeing as I've got a bit of time uh, on this Saturday night, and just to give it some context, um, Colville is on. Should be up in Colville with um, all of the other members, uh, rocking out all day to an all-day festival. As it is, it happens, Colville just happened to be on the same day as uh, my wife organising a meal, the first one she's had with her friends since COVID. So it's kind of been three years in the making. I couldn't really sacrifice that for a day of metal for her. It has been in the calendar that long. So here I am. I'm not bitter about it, of course. What I do have is the kids upstairs asleep, which is great. And on the telly, I've got a heady mix of... Uh, women's football, which is currently on at the moment, but that may go over when Murder She, Write, Murder, she Wrote starts, um, like a bit of geri geriatric sleuthing, and then followed by, um, I might put on Minority Report, uh, but I did see Top Gun Maverick, and I don't know whether I can handle two Tom Cruise films in one week. But what I decided to do was go and listen to each song from St. Anger, and then just give a little recap of each one, and then go through the comments that you've all put up there. Um, and then I shall splice this into the podcast when I do it in a couple of weeks' time, it seems, or 12 days' time. Um, so we'll just see how it goes, unless, of course, you don't hear this, and I feel that it's not very good, and I've left it out. But Who's to say? Um, I have done some research because I think I said in the last podcast that I went to see Metallica at Reading Festival and I bought the album just before they played it. And I haven't listened to it since then. I've listened to it once the other day, just when it was um, on the way to work, when we decided that we were going to um, have it as our different album. And I've searched out the date. I haven't heard it since the 21st of August, 2003. So this is going to be the second time I've heard that album from the actual date. That's the Thursday before that Reading Festival. Um, I don't commit it to memory. I had to look and see what date uh, the Reading Festival was. So I'm not that geeky. But um, that is the magnitude of how much I've sort of forgotten about this album and left it to the annuals of time so it's going to be interesting to see what's going to happen so i'm going to play a song i'm going to stop this now in a minute i'm going to play a song frantic is the first one of course uh, uh one that i'm fairly familiar with and then as we get deeper into the album my memory becomes less and less i did listen to it about well every day for about three or four weeks before i went to the festival so i have played this album quite a bit and i'm hoping some of the tracks might stir some memories um it's an hour and a quarter long, so um, and I'm going to take a couple of minutes on each track, maybe. So it's not going to be mega long, but see what you think. Feel free to forward 20 minutes and uh, get to the main podcast. Okay, here we go with Frantic Tick Tick 
TikTok. Observations of Frantic. Well, just before I go to that, Netherlands versus Sweden in the Women's World Cup or Women's Euros, not sure which one it is. Uh, it's still nil-nil. Um, Colville is still going on and I'm still not there. But what we have got here is, I did notice, I mean, this is the song I'm most familiar with, uh, I guess, uh, in its entirety anyway. Um, it's a good riff and for the first 30 seconds, I'm real for a lot of this song actually, I say for the first 30 seconds, but for most of this song, I didn't really notice the dreadful drum sound. And I don't know whether that's my familiarity with it or whether it's it's just not in that mix at that point. Um, so it's got a lot going for it. It's got some great parts in it. And certainly the part from three minutes, 49 seconds in is fantastic. It's great. It's pure Metallica, love it. Um, bad parts about it really. Um, the tick-tock parts from James Hetfield kind of ruin it a little bit for me. And certainly when he gets a bit frantic, uh, see what I did there? Um, it's not, it sounds really snobby, but it's just not becoming of Metallica. It seems like lazy. It seems like um, those kind of lyrics and that kind of thing would be done for a band that are just starting out, not a band that have been established and a headlong into their career. So <clears throat> yeah, it's, it doesn't ruin the song for me. I just wish that he didn't do it. And it's a solid eight. So now we are moving on to the title track. So just listen to the title track. And this is certainly befitting a title track from Metallica. I think this is way up. I'm going to give it a nine out of ten. Um, it's, again, one I'm familiar with, but I'm familiar more with the video mix, obviously not listening to this album since 2003. But of course, the video mix is a lot shorter and it's got that <laughs> bit in the sweary parts. Um, this is in you know seven minutes and 20 seconds long. And obviously the video bit is, I don't know, less than f four and a half minutes, something like that. So this version is a lot, lot better. Um, I'm coming to realise that it's, I like the production on it, I really do like the production, guitar sound sounds good, everything sounds, you know, the bass sounds big and round, but singing is, it, other than the TikTok parts, is is on point, but I just don't like that snare drum sound, like two metal hammers knocking together, so I noticed a member did comment on that and say, well what about therapy, or indeed, just off the top of my head, prong, but nothing is as crisp as this snare drum, that's for sure. Um, I love the double bass drumming in it. I wish Lars Ulrich would do it more to Metallica riffs because some Metallica riffs are just dying to have a bit of double bass for them. But he never does it for whatever reason. But there is one part, certainly during the sweary parts, the faster part, um, it, it's it got like two bass drum sounds I've noticed where you know it's going really fast and you can just about hear the bass drum until he hits the cymbal and then the bass drum for that one beat just goes sky high in the mix and all you can kind of hear the cymbal all you can hear is that just one hit of the bass drum it's almost like it's got a shuffle beat to it um so you know that is nitpicking really i can't really criticize this song at all and frantic and this song was the only songs they played when i went to see them at the reading festival just on a side note i'm obviously watching the germany holland match in the ladies world cup while this is on and there's not been much action uh because the 
Dutch goalkeeper has just wiped out two of her teammates and now she's crocked herself. Um, so she's pretty much been all medical attention. I mean, literally these two girls that she knocked out were flat out on the floor. Uh, and now she's, uh, now I think she's going, I think she's a bit concussed. So I think she needs to come off. But the uh, the Dutch ladies, they do look like the um, the inmates dressed in orange, all in orange from the uh, St. Anger video, just uh, whilst listening to that. But on to the much quoted some kind of monster and let's strap our strap myself in for the eight and a half minutes that is some kind of monster eight and a half minutes later and here i am again yeah that's slower more rounder song um another one that i'm familiar with um and now as we head into the deeper cuts of the album i've become less familiar um again i really liked it um, I thought it was the right length. I thought they played all the parts really well. Fuzzy guitar solo, though, for me. Uh, you say, I say solo. I put solo in inverted commas. It's about as near as it gets to a solo. Obviously, this album being famous for not having any on there. Um, it was a bit messy for me, I felt. I, you know, I just feel with Metallica, there should be a little bit more precision than what was presented there. A little bit of a mistake putting that one in, I think. Um, but, you know, it, it kind of reminded me a bit of Fu Manchu, that fuzzy guitar sound, that kind of lapsidaisical, laissez-faire kind of attitude. Maybe that's the vibe that they were going for. The, the guitar solo, I say again, solo in inverted commas, kind of embodied that. I kind of feel not that I'm a big fan of Load or Reload. I felt this song could have been on Load or Reload. Again, that snare sound is the only thing wrong as far as the production is. And again, as I as I always say, um, if the production is really bad and I notice it, it means it must be bad because I'm not technically minded at all. So the only thing I can really hear that's wrong is that snare sound for me. Um, I just feel, again, James's singing in this is it's just trying a bit too hard in some of the parts and he, he doesn't need to. So... I just felt that, you know, maybe, I think it was Bob Rock, wasn't it, that done this one. Should have just said, look, just relax a little bit more. You don't need to go hammer and tong at this all the time. Um, at the end, it it got a little bit confused. And that ending is dreadful. Why they tagged that on at the end, I have no idea. Better than a fade out, admittedly. But it, it didn't need to be there. So I gave it a seven and a half. Moving on now to Dirty Window. And oh, if you want to listen along with this, that would be fantastic. And comment on each one as well in the comments. That would be fantastic. I'd love to hear your breakdown of this as well, definitely. Um, so we're going on to Dirty Window. Apologies to Sweden in the ladies' uh, championship that's going on at the moment that I'm watching. Um, it's Sweden against Netherlands. Uh, and it's... it's Really good game, actually. Thoroughly enjoying it. We've had a bit of everything. We've had the goalkeeper wipe out half a defence. We've had a shot from almost the halfway line. And we've had some thunderous tackles going. And it's a, it's a good game. It's a really good game. Let's see how it's nil-nil, though. That's the only thing. So let's get on to Dirty Window. Apologies for the last segment. I didn't plug my mic in. I hope you could still hear me. Anyway, we've moved on to Dirty Window. Not a bad track, actually. One I don't really remember, although all the parts are quite distinct. So I kind of should have done, really. Um, the metaphor's lost on me a little bit. This window's clean on the inside, dirty on the out, and then starts 
talking about drinking from the cup of denial. I'm sure there's some deep and meaningful metaphor on there. It's completely lost on me, but then, you know, I'm about as confused as scuba do, so what do I know? Um, the only thing I will say about it is it's a, it's a basic album song for Metallica. Dare I say it's a bit stock. Um, you know, I'm sure Lars may well um, may agree with me. Who knows? But it made it on the album. A few little bits stick out, 3 minutes 40, a little bit Alice in Chainsy, followed by a madcap James laugh, which, again, reeks a bit of desperation in that voice and in that vocals. Um, not sure about the clicking drum. I don't know what he's doing, tapping on the side of the snare or something during the quiet parts. I don't think that's really um, necessary. It did remind me a little bit as if it was from the same session as... Do you remember that song called, I, I think it's called I Disappear. It was on the Mission Impossible soundtrack. The videos out there out in the, um, in the desert. It was, it was way back. I think it was just after the Black Album, actually. It, for some reason, it put me in the mind of that. So, um, or whether it's just I've got Tom Cruise on the brain queuing up um, Minority Report later and seeing Top Gun Maverick. I, you know, I just don't know. But um, that's what it put me in the mind of. But again, um, I'm, I'm starting maybe to think, well, this album isn't as bad as I thought. It's That's a good solid 7.5, much like some kind of monster. So we now move on to a track that I can't really recall called The Invisible Kid. A little bit of a struggle with The Invisible Kid. One, it's very long and it's fairly repetitive as well. Um, but it has got some good parts in it. And as it started off, I was thinking, this is another good riff. This is all right. This is sounding good. There's some double bass here. And maybe this album has got a little bit of the Lamb of God or slash Lamb of Flip Flop, where when I saw Randy Blythe um, and Lamb of God supporting Slayer, he wore flip flops through the entire gig. And I pretty much chastised him ever since and didn't like Lamb of God for ages. Maybe... This is the same with this album. I've been so hung up on snare sound that I'm not giving the album a full chance. I don't know. But it does go on for a bit. And one could say it's a little bit stock again. God, agreeing with Lars Ulrich. This is fantastic. I mean, this is a, a, a discovery. Uh, but it does repeat quite a bit. And, you know, it's, it, it's uh, you know, I, I think there's... It's, it's less interesting than the other songs I've listened to so far. The riff at 4 minute 40 um, is good and kind of replaces the solo to break the song up a bit. But the middle part of that is truly horrible. It is truly horrible. It's the album beginning to show its scales. And it's stuff like that that I do remember thinking, this isn't good at all. And that wasn't good. That really did almost spoil the song for me, really. So it's a bit long. Middle bit is dreadful. But other than that, it's just a pretty decent Metallica song. So I'm going to give that a seven and we move on to My World. Oh, and also, um, I think I'm going to watch um, Minority, Report, Minority Report on the plus one because the Netherlands-Sweden game, Sweden have gone one up. Netherlands have had another player carried off injured. It's a really good game. And it's a nice accompaniment to this album. So um, I shall watch this into the second half. Uh, they're even playing fifth minute of the uh, seven minutes added on due to the injuries. But less of that, more on to My World. So this one, um, My World, I do recognise from somewhere. I certainly recognise the riff. Um, it can't be from the documentary because I've only seen that like, once. So I've definitely heard this played somewhere or it been used in advertising or something like that. And it's a, 
I really like this song. I think it's after the kind of slower or the kind of more um, stock songs of the last couple, certainly Invisible Kid and Dirty Windows. I do think My World peps the album back up again to the kind of frantic and some anger level, which is which is great. Uh, it's a bit sweary in the middle as well, which is always nice. Um, I did feel it was a little bit more fuel, the song Fuel. It was kind of um, that kind of vibe about it. Not that they tried to rewrite it, but they just felt, you know, how people felt about fuel. Let's, let's um, re, redo that. Um, and, and get that kind of energy from this song. Um, and I think they've done it quite well. Um, the ending is a bit naff again, um, enough's enough again, and James's song singing it a little bit desperate. Um, again, it's always going to score a little bit lower because of that dreadful snare sound, although I kind of not got used to it, but I just I don't know whether, again, it's this song, or whether I am getting used to it. It just sound, seemed a little bit less prevalent. Um, so I'm going to give that an 8 and I'm surprising myself with how much I am enjoying this album and how good that it is. I, it's not, I thought it would be threes, fours and fives, but let's move on to Shoot Me Again. Um, the man in a box. Da-da, da-da. Neil Bolton, eat your heart out. You're not the only one that can do singing impressions, mate. Um, Again, I recognise the opening riff from somewhere, not sure. So again, certainly not the documentary because I've only seen it a couple of times. Then it goes into Alison Chain's Man in a Box. Okay, it fits. It does all right. It does all right. Lars almost doing blast beats. Crazy, really. Um, the chorus, I think the first half isn't good enough again. Uh, a bit stock again. Uh, the second half, it picks it up of that particular chorus. This is I, another member, which I will read out later, certainly did suggest that they uh, Metallica took influences from new metal that was running around and then funny enough the Reading Festival performance that when I bought this album I went to and that was the last time I heard it Linkin Park were headlining the Friday and Metallica were headlining the Sunday so that was the influence around them and I kind of feel that Shoot Me Again is probably at the moment certainly uh, the most influenced by new metal they had a go at it i guess in certain parts um it, it does it suffer for the song i, I have to say that again a riff at 520 does replace a solo and is it good enough i ask myself and i, I don't know do i prefer hearing a, a decent riff because it is a decent riff um but if it was that decent why didn't they make a song out of that riff um and put up a solo in and I, I don't know. It was a crazy decision that they kind of shackled themselves to, I guess. And I don't know whether this song particularly suffered because of that particular decision. Um, so we move on to Sweet Amber, which is the eighth track of the album. And I'm not disliking it as much as I thought I did. The football's just kicked off. It's five minutes into the second half as well. Sweden still won up in a thoroughly entertaining match. So I'm enjoying my Saturday night. Although, again, Colville is still on. And I would have probably been enjoying myself a lot more. But, you know, don't feel too bad for me. Let's move on to Sweet Amber. As good as it gets. <sighs> yeah, I don't know whether James needs to really do that on the mic. Or rather, should have Bob Rock should have eliminated that. It's okay in the middle of a live performance and in the moment live performance. But is it me? Am I being too snobbish? That doesn't belong onto an album. It's a child schoolboy error. 
but maybe that's what they were going for this raw emotion rob flynn type of overcome with emotion i don't know didn't really work for me if it was in fact the song i think is the weakest on the album so far i would give it a six it's a bit of a mishmash riff salad um and why was i thinking of country and western is it that weird guitar so uh, sound in the background i don't know uh, one of the riffs certainly had a had a sort of smoother guitar sound twanging away in the background um and because of this album being an hour and 15 minutes long this is certainly five to six minutes that could have been cold from the album um but you know it's it, it is what it is it, it, it doesn't fall down in pace and it does you can tell it's written in this session that's for sure but not for me really that one so i'll give that a six out of ten um sweden have drawn level one one i'm glad i'm watching this second half because it is an absolutely stonking game get on the iPlayer and have a watch of that but in the meantime let's go on to the unnamed feeling for me another new metal track tinged track um i thought the vocals were a lot better on this one a lot more controlled than on previous songs uh, i didn't mind it but then it got to the four and a half minute and it kind of they, they felt like i kind of felt it kind of lost its way a little bit um again they substituted a solo with a riff did it work again i don't know um they it, it, it fitted with the song and it wasn't too dis, um too dissimilar to what was going on before but you know the the easy option would have been to put a solo in there again but they didn't they filled it with a riff with a with a verse or a uh a, a four lines of singing or whatever it was but then something happened at six minutes and i thought wow this is not it, it shouldn't be in the song um, but it's good or more of that please but because they kind of ventured there once and left it that was almost like a guitar solo this kind of strange not strange riff but a, a, a sort of almost machine heady type riff pinched harmonic type thing um but they like i say they visited it once and then they never returned to it so it kind of stuck out a little bit like a sore thumb so again is that a solo replacement um don't know but it was a curious song about as close to a ballad as you're going to get on this album i think um it was okay it was okay i think a six and a half is what i'm going to give that and now on to the last track called purify did i say purify was the closing one i was sure it only had 10 tracks on it but apparently we've got another one to come so purify is the penultimate one um and this thrashes away quite nicely it tries its best um but it's it, it's okay it, i can see why they put it at the back of the album um it it rolls around quite nicely james's desperate vocals are there again though that kind of hampers somewhat um but it's it, it just it's just an okay song if they, they could have included it they could have not included it i think but it's it doesn't really stick long in the memory and i can understand why i'm not thinking purify every time i go to this album there's certainly a lot better on this record um so i'm going to give that another 6.5 and now we've got a bit of a epic to finish all within my hands let's see how that goes for the first time listening to this album i lost a bit of interest i mean it was at eight over eight minutes for the final song and it's certainly not in the fine metallica tradition of album enders going all the way back to you know things like damage incorporated dyer's eve 
um, struggle within. No, won't go there. But even uh, spit out the bone, it's not in that class whatsoever. What it is, it summarizes this whole album. There's a bit of everything in this album, going uh, going all the way through it. It's got the new metal influences, the stoner influences, the groove influences, the loud, the quiet, the desperate singing, that awful snare sound, everything. So if you want to condense this whole album down. Um, into eight and a half minutes as opposed to the eight uh, the hour and 15 minutes just put this song on because that will um that will appease you and it gives you everything you need to know i don't need a summary after listening to it for uh, an hour over an hour um, before i started listening to this song so it's a bit surplus to requirements really and the ending of this is god awful it's dreadful um like i say i did lose interest so much so that i text neil bolton who is at colville did i tell you colville is going on this weekend um who's who's very uh, nicely and, and very politely said that i would enjoy it there um but you know i i said to him that i'm here doing an album breakdown for st anger so who's got the bigger deal who's got the best deal i'm drinking prosecco now i've had a beer and now i'm on to the prosecco so who's got the better deal who really is enriched um not answers on a postcard for that. I don't waste a stamp on that one. But so going back to St. Anger and this set this uh, all within my hands, it's a bit of a non-starter unless you don't want to listen to the whole album, then just listen to this song. Back to me. Hope you enjoyed that. Uh, I haven't obviously listened to it since I've done it, so I don't know what it's going to come out like. Just something a bit different I do, seeing as Robbie wasn't here. Phil, obviously, if you felt forward, I would listen to your ramblings about the album. I know how I feel about it and forwarded it. Totally, uh, totally uh, understand. But I'm just going to give my quick reflections before I then turn the uh, turn to the comments and see what everyone else has um, has said about it. I've kind of made my peace with it. I really have. I don't think it's as bad. I think before I'd um, listened to it again, I think I would probably give it what the average is. And I'll go into that at the end, obviously. But I honestly don't think it's that bad. I think there's some good riffs in there. I think there's some good songs in there, some good ideas. There are a few stabbed through the hearts. The snare sound being absolutely one. Can't can't stand that snare sound. Just dreadful, really. Um James's over-the-top vocals just really do reek of over-trying and being desperate, really. Plus the kind of, not betrayal, but this is Metallica we're talking about, so I kind of expect a lot more. It does sound unfinished in a demo, which, seeing how long is it taken to the recording process, and well-documented, so you would think it would come out a little bit better than that. Um, I haven't really got an emotional attachment to it. So, I mean, a seven, a six and a half seven is what I'm giving it. So it's not a complete disaster, but there are just some fundamental fundamentals that I think are wrong with it. So I've kind of made my peace with it. I don't think it's as bad as what a lot of people make out, but I, I'm not in love with it either. So that is my view, but obviously my view is just one of many. Now, um, when I posted it, we got, um, I'm just going to run down some of the comments as I'm, as I'm talking. So Mark Pensum, I'll be watching the DVD playthrough that came with it, came with it as the snare sound on the album makes me want to drown myself in a puddle of cat wee. Same here, mate. Same here. Paul Hutchins, I'm going to enjoy this snare and all. So a snare sound, a fan of that snare sound, maybe, or was it sarcasm? 
as Brian Damage once said it in The Young Ones. Adam Matheson, the only redeeming feature of that album is when it ends. I'd sooner lick the cat wee off Mark Pensum's dead body than listen to it again. <sighs> strong words, strong words. Uh, Paco Ata, I don't want to sound like a purist. I listened the 1991 black album with high expectations back in the day it was a big disappointment so i hadn't listened to load reload or sound anger just some songs played at concerts with death magnetic and hardwired i began to listen to some of the new songs back to sound anger i bought it when it was released after the first song the rest of the album was listened to for seconds of every song since then i hadn't listened to any of it pretty much i i listened to it a bit more than you paco but i hopefully you've given it another spin and hopefully when we go through the other comments you'll be able to say uh, i'm liking all of these as we go through i uh, this is rob davies i honestly don't think it's that bad and the snare well no one moaned when therapy did it i think it's a little bit more crisp than therapy though mate i will or a bit more metallic sounding than that you've got quite a few replies there as well scotty wells love it laugh out loud we'll see if that's sarcasm or not um james nesbitt carl why do you make me do that what listen to some anger Thank me later, mate. Just thank me later. Um, Graham Meldrum. I'm already queuing at A&E to get the inevitable pencils removed from my ears after this one. That's standard ease blackadder. You'll have your pants on your head and saying wibble as well. Kevin Adamson. Two words. Shite and shite. <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, Colours nailed to the masters ever, Kevin. Thank you very much. JD. I will say one thing about St. Anger. At least it's better than Death Magnetic. And there are a lot of people who would disagree with you on that one. Uh, but that had Rick Rubin at the helm. Although his involvement is very much um, debated. Lee Hammer Harris. By the time in the game, I'd moved on to better bands. And all-round European metal was way better. Okay, so this is... Um, a lost Metallica album for you, Lee. Understand that. Chris Cleo, my perspective honestly changed after I watched the documentary. Not to mention that some of the songs live are pretty damn cool. Yes, in the live environment, you can understand that the songs may well have been uh, come across exactly how we not would expect, but how um, they, they, they would just be better live, you know, because obviously that live snare sound has got to be better than that awful snare sound that's on there at the moment um scotty wells production trash riffs trash drums trash lyrics cringe vocals trash guitar tones trash aesthetics cringe movie intriguing yet trash lars's dad had the best advice for the band i would delete that and not show anyone and he is the star of the show that I'm convinced yeah, I could watch him all day long. I think he's brilliant. Uh, Scotty Wells then goes on. They couldn't even make the Some Kind of Monster song sound good with a remake and chorus. They started marketing that song around here a year or two ago. Lipstick on a pig. There you go. Hearing James Hetfield say he was fearful over and over in that documentary was cringe. And I get working through stuff. But we're all human. But on that level and publicity, not a good look. That aspect didn't make me lose respect for them. But you never want to pity your heroes, even though, yes, I know he is a man like everyone else. I know James recently had a bit of stage fright or something, but the documentary was just on another level. I feel bad saying it was cringe, but it was cringe. Yeah, I can understand it was a bit cringe. Um, but yeah, I, I do. I did feel did feel for James Hetfield on that. And I thought he came out of it OK, actually. He was I think it's he was going through a, a difficult 
period in his life where we had the James Heckfield, the, the beer-swilling heavy metal maniac, and actually he was thinking, I'm, 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 I'm kind of not like that, and him realising it for the first time. So the cameras just caught it. And I do think, um, although I would like to play cards with him because when he's a bit nervous, he does have that kind of insane laugh that <laughs> while we <are we> recording, <laughs> you know, I say, have you got an ace in your pack at the moment? No, <laughs> I know he's got an ace and I'm folding. Uh, Gareth Pugh, mm, production, snare drum, mainly aside. There's a few good tunes here. The title track is a cracker. Frantic ain't half bad, but there's a few clunkers for sure. Sweet Amber, I'm looking at you. It'll be an interesting re-listen. I'm joining Mark Pensum and going for the light, going for the live in the studio dvd though okay um not aware of that one but if you want to pass it on i shall i'm very much intrigued kirsty c doe christy c doe we listened to it a lot when it came out then both sets of neighbors put their houses up for sale always wondered if that was connected possibly mate possibly you'll never know though matthew cg green i've loved it I've loved it so it's release date and that was never wavered. Sure, it has a couple of production issues and the songs could do with a minute or two less trimming, but the raw and relatively much heavier sound after the loads was a breath of fresh air to my ears. I even ponied up for an European vinyl pressing last week. So and, uh, uh, they do exist. Fans of this album exist. June Martin. It's a punk album made by a metal band. That's a very good comment. Like how that summarised. Thank you very much, Stu. Rich Tricky Hudson. Frantic tick 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 tock. Yeah, bit desperate. Bit desperate. Adrian J. Heathershaw. Dreadful album. Incredibly difficult to listen to. I remember giving it a few listens after I bought my copy immediately when it was released. I was so disappointed. The DVD that came out with it was better, but not a lot better. See, I didn't get this DVD. Tesco's didn't have it. It was just the CD. It was only a tenner, though. Rich Tricky Hudson. I don't think it's that bad. Revisit all Metallica every year. Not enough solos, but some OK tunes. Might scrape in, but over time, I've gone to 5 to 7.5. So, Rich, you're thinking along the same lines as me, mate. Rick, Mick, oh, really? The snare drum makes my teeth hurt. It doesn't make my teeth hurt. It just boils my wee-wee. Um, that's what I think, Mick, but I can understand you coming from that way. Scott Kinkella pretty much sums Lars up for me. Willing to make an album totally unlistable, purely so that his drums can be heard. Now, they released this turd. How they released this turd is beyond me. Saying that, they have pretty much been shithouse since the very early 90s. Well, yep. Yeah, I mean, it's very um, documented that uh, before, after Injustice for All, uh, Metallica stopped being a thrash band. But they have been this version of Metallica for a lot longer. And they have started playing thrash. This was the beginning of that commercial era ending. Side Cobb, it's hard to listen to but it has some merit in places i think it has been an unknown band's first album then we would have sunk without a trace but maybe they might have got an indie label to take a punt on the next album with a strong producer and some lead guitar yes definitely did that that project why didn't someone say that even lars's old man say you know what Lars? that that sound on that snare is not good what why did no one say that bob brock is going to be this super duper cool producer why didn't he say anything shame on him uh rob davies i'm just listening again now what's never occurred to me before are the soad influences is that system of down influences and there's definitely a bit of slip not too so i'm reading between those lines um 
Rob, do you think that King sound, he, he thought, you know what, when that clown twats the uh, the barrels on Slipknot, that's what we should go for. Maybe, maybe. It was what we're selling. Steve Sherritt, I like it for the most part. Yep, there are some good songs on there. Glad that you like it, mate. Definitely. Phil Hodgson, can't listen to that biscuit tin snare drum. Uh, if I'm near a biscuit tin, I want biscuits, damn it. Yes, um, biscuit tin is a good description of it. And yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, custard creams, you're going for them. You're digging in. Andy Dixon, I'm a rhythm guitar player who only ever listens to the guitar sound on an album, not the drums. Sounded great to me. Sweet Amber stood out for me. If you don't like the album, then don't waste your time. There is way more music out there than you were ever going to get to. That is true, mate. But uh, please, Andy, tell me, tell me, tell me, um, as a guitarist, if you create this album and you're laying down some mad rhythms, you hear that that snare drum and you're going, no, well, I, I, no, that's fine. I, you're the drummer. I trust you. I, you've got to say something, surely. Darren Robb, this is going to be a tough fortnight, even for the diehard Metalli fans, which you are one. We'll find out what you think of later. Julius Caesar, this album was a swing and a miss. It was an uh, in, uh, ind- indication that they still know how to put together a couple of chops, but they lost the magic. They had pre-justice trying to refine it. I think, mate, I don't know, maybe. And just why was it so easy when we were playing justice? Uh, John Beavis, if this had been released by any other band, I probably wouldn't have even bothered with it after first hearing it. But as a band I loved so much at one point, I've given it a fair few chances over the years with an open mind. And every time it gives me nothing, sounds awful and Despite there being one or two potentially decent ideas here and there, the songs seem randomly thrown together. It's essentially a bad losing a band losing the collective plot. The soundtrack to a complete meltdown. The poor guy in the street randomly shouting gibberish angrily at passers-by, and the film was even more depressing. It's not that I want my favourite bands to stay the way they were at their peak either. Load of my favourite bands have changed and evolved over the years, but they always put out coherent albums with great tunes and a focused sound and idea of what they were trying to achieve. This seemed like a musical therapy experiment for them, and as a result, they bottomed out so badly at this point that I find it hard to accept that this is actually Metallica at all. Utterly tragic. Wow, John, that is a damning uh summing up of that album um not i wouldn't give you too much of a um too much of an argument about that chris williams where it all started for me i always be in my top five metallica albums love the album production doesn't bother me i like it always makes me laugh when people bitch about it songs are raging killer riffs and killer drums see that they and chris williams of course drummer of shrapnel he knows his stuff um so he's obviously been laughing at me when I've been bitching about that snare drum. But to be fair, I thought it was the whole production. It's just that snare drum for me. Chris, tell me, please, that would you, if you hear that coming back from uh, one of your songs, would you go, yep, yeah, let's go with that. I, I just can't believe anyone would. Uh, Craig Hogan bought it twice when it first came out. Both copies ended in the bin. Why did you buy two, mate? That's a great story. Uh, Darren Charles, I found a copy floating around on the net a few days before it was released, downloaded it for a listen and thought it was a demo, which seemed quite promising as such. It was fast and thrashy and thought after it was produced, it would probably sound okay. Imagine my surprise when I bought the CD on release 
day to find that the demo I'd been listening to was the finished article. Decent production, tightening up of the song length and structure and some decent production. I still can't listen to it because of those drums and it could have been decent. Yep, I definitely agree with you on that last part. Um, and which I think, Darren, if you listen to the first 20 minutes of this podcast, will uh, pretty much sum up what you just said there, mate. Steve Airy, words cannot adequately describe the disdain I have for this release. The number out of 10 will be an laughing emoji. Well, 40 of you did put that score. No doubt you were one of them, Steve. Rob Provenzano Jr. People make out it's the worst thing in the world. Constantly complaining. Some people are such whiners and weak-minded. Every band has one of those albums that isn't as good as the rest. Stop bitching. Be a man. Well, we did say that that is, um, this is the different album that each band that we love has one. So we would explore one. I think what we're just trying to do, Rob, is just unpick it a little bit. Um, this album is not favoured by uh, as many, certainly in the Metallica canon. So why is that? Um, so we're not kind of bitching, we're just sort of like picking it apart and unpacking it really, mate. Um, Drew Cochran, I remember hearing Frantic and Scent Anger and thinking they were okay. I was about 13 at the time, got the album, didn't, didn't really enjoy it much. Upon revisiting as an adult, I can't believe it's only the drum sound that catches flack. The guitar sound is fucking awful. Like, they used a 10-watt cash converters, my first practice amp for the drive tones. Absolute pish. A few nice ideas here and there, but the lyrics, the tones, etc. make it a solid three. I don't think that's ever um, a thing, is it, uh, is it, Drew? A solid three. But um, I can't... The technicalities of your guitar, I'm sure there's lots of guitar players that would um, wax lyrical with you about that but um i can't really comment on that but yeah, yeah if you think that it sounds I mean, we just said in, in the comment above that it was sounded a bit like a demo um chris ripley as a metallica fan since 1984 i refused to buy anything by them once they'd sold out the black album therefore i only heard the album about a year ago for the first time i actually enjoyed two or three songs and have no problem Sorry, my phone has just decided to play silly buggers with that. So again, I could stop. I could stop. I'm not going to. I'm going to uh, brave it out and I'm going to refresh my phone and I'm going to carry on as if nothing has happened. There you go. Uh, load for the same uh, album that's definitely got filler. Um, I also like load and some reload at the time. It was exciting to get and to buy a newly released Metallica album since I missed out in the 80s. Looking back on Load and Reload, there was some fat to be trimmed on both, and it could have been one album and a great hard rock blues influenced Sabbath influenced record. That said, St. Anger has zero redeemable qualities, in my opinion. Question is, are you guys really saying the Black Load and Reload are total crap, but you find yourself liking a song or two off St. Anger? I would, I do, and yes, that is the case. As much as I didn't think I would be saying that, Scotty. That is how I feel. Uh, Gilberto Gutierrez. I love the album because of the sound, a raw sound. And I can't criticise it either. I just I just think that snare sound again. Um, Chris Ripley. Just listen to it again. It's shit. Thank you for that, mate. Um, so uh, Scotty Wells has said, one of the reasons why I love this club, I would never willingly listen to this one, uh, but I will do for the club. That's good, mate. That's what this club is all about. Um, talking bollocks came back and said, when 
whoever came up with this idea can fuck off. Well, that was the uh, opinion of everyone who answered in the questionnaire. They wanted this as their different albums, or a lot of people did. And so um, I suppose I had the final say on this. So I can feel well and truly often fucked. Um, Dean Hughes. I'm a huge Metallica fan, and ultimately it's because of them that I discovered this genre of music. I was blown away when first hearing the Black Album as a spotty 13-year-old kid, heavier and punchier than the other bands I was into at the time, Aerosmith, Def Leppard and Maiden. I won't jump on the bandwagon like a lot of people. Lars is a sick drummer that they should have stopped after and Justice for All, blah, 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 blah. I still listen to Load and Reload on rare, rare occasions, but I have to be honest and say listening to this again it, in its entirety is a little painful. How did they leave the studio thinking this was a killer album? Can listen to probably three songs and enjoy them. The rest can be forgotten forever. Yep, I that last sentiment, definitely. That leaving the studio with all that talent and all that experience, regardless of what they have been through, somebody should have said something. Let's reevaluate. Uh, Scotty Wells, this album is a challenging to listen to. Instead of goosebumps, I'm getting cringe chills. This one will get a zero for me. James's vocals are fucking awful. It's like he heard what Corey Taylor, Chad Gray, Phil Anzamo were doing and gave it an attempt at extreme vocals, but had no idea how to do them. I totally agree with Tobin Yorick about the whole album. Delete that. So that's um, the first batch. Then we put the poll out, ladies and gentlemen. We put the poll out and we got some really good comments about that. I'm just fine. Again, I could pause. I could pause it. And I may have to. Um, here we go. So I asked the question, uh, were you saint impressed, saint indifferent or just saint angry? Let's find out what some of you guys um, came up with, because I know some of you came up with some great comments in this one uh, mark pensum who was going to lick Catwee. time has not been kind i actually didn't mind that much aside from the snare and now it's just a bit labored and just jointed man after my own heart totally agree frank holby it could be the lowest score ever i paid good money for this album in good faith the first tracks are the best two on it then it falls off a cliff, plummets to the depths of the ocean and gets swallowed by a subspecies of bottom dwelling fish, finally being shat out into the darkness. I have never listened past the fifth song. Never intend to either. Oh, there's some good stuff on there, Frank. Give it a go. Go straight to for song five. Andy Benson. Nowhere near as bad as people make out. Way better than the two loads. Okay. I, to be honest, I can't remember the last time I listened to the two loads, if I've listened to the two loads in their entirety ever. Um, Paul Hutchings. I hadn't listened to it for years until I drove to Newtown to pick Gareth Pugh up last week. That was going to Colville. I'm not sure if it was the slowest or fastest drive, but it was sure the worst soundtrack I have ever put on that run. An utter pile of shit. What, you go on a road trip, you want some great soundtrack, and it just so happens that that's the different album, and it's an anger that you're saying. You're, you're welcome, Paul. You're welcome. Um, Malcolm Noz Norris. Atrocious album. An insult to the paying fan. <sighs> See, that's... I mean, did you have to pay for it? Um, it is this... I remember what Lemmy were talking about um, Hawkwind, the best of Hawkwind, where only appeared on two. And he said, my advice is to steal it, if at all possible. Uh, Ian Salisbury. I genuinely think it's one of the worst albums I've ever heard. If an up-and-coming band had put this in front of a record label, they'd been thrown it back at them. I think if it was sounding like that without any solos, 
I think they possibly would have done. But I think, again, uh, if it was molded and there were a young band and say, you know what, you've got some good ideas, I think it would take a true talent to say, because there is some, some great riffs on there. Nigel Taylor, it really is embarrassing, not just the shit drum sound, but the fact that the songs are terrible as well. well. You think all songs are terrible on there? You know, I think there's a couple of good songs on there, or a few good songs at least. There's some damn fine riffs on there, even though the songs that aren't good. Um, certainly. Um, is this, I kind of feel with you, Nigel, I don't know that there's a bit of um, that what we all feel sometimes that betrayal by Metallica. This is Metallica we're talking about. They've got to be good. It's got to be good. And it isn't up to that mark. That's for sure. Frank Holby, Lars's dad tells him shit in some kind of monster, uh, tells him shit in some kind of monster. The phrase Emperor's new clothes come to mind. <laughs> Very good, mate. True. Rob Davies, um, huge comment i will just go but what it might get is a band who are prepared to try new things uh weird structures industrial sounding snare drums and cash converter amps in metallics case and while we you may hate it at least they're trying something different seven out of ten for effort five out of ten for achievement that's an average mean score of six out of ten and i totally agree with you you're standing on the side of metallica um let's go down and let's go benjamin Akavendo, I, I like one song on that album. I'm guessing that's frantic, but I'm not 100% sure. Uh, Chris Jennings, utter shite. Actually, it's Sully's The Good Name of Shite. Sully's The Good Name of Shite. That's unbelievable. Uh, ben Potter, He of Imperium. It's a weird one for me. Being born on the day after the Black Album was released, I didn't get into Metallica until the 2000s when I was choked to death by my gag music taste. Part of that taste had St. Anger in it, and I'm grateful I grew up and out of enjoying that album. If anything, it's a terrible take on music of that time. Interesting take on that, and one, a few that we haven't got, not been obviously growing up and loving the Metallica back in the day, you growing up in Metallica at this point. I'm sure it makes a lot of people of us feel old, mate. Uh, Cy Cobb, I gave it two because of the tiny moments of OK Bits that's about it, yep. OK, and that's um, kind of interesting because that's where it lay. Um, let's go down to Pete Lecren. Agreed better than it might have done, but the drum production sinks it overall. Some genuinely strong songs, though. Whatever you think of their foray into stadium radio rock post-justice, they never lost their talent. It just got pushed into a different direction. I almost think this album was pushed back against Bob Brock band that they had become and was a necessary necessary evil to reset them that's a great that's a great comment uh, great comment there mate uh richie smith hated it in my opinion metallica made four albums yep i know there's a lot of people who kind of think the same mate so appreciate that michael ross i gave the album release a zero out of ten jesus christ anything that would have been bad about this album recording was bad plus some sad thing is there are some songs on there that could sound decent when they were done live i can't even listen to the studio version of that album between the boing 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 sound of the drums and the horrible mixing a song i like some anger dirty windows frantic all pretty decent when performed live if you want to hear a nice fan-made remake of St. Anger, I highly suggest this one and he puts a link in there very much like the justice for justice for jason so thank you for that mate 
James Balakum. Uh, I could have been good if they'd finished it. Sounds like a load of unfinished demos. Some There's some good ideas and riffs in there, but most of the songs are just too repetitive. Crappy lyrics, lacking any solos, and the overall production quality is awful and tinny. For a first release by a brand new band, it's unacceptable for a bunch of inexperienced millionaires like Metallica. It's just shit. Um, so there we go. And I think we're going to go for a couple more. Uh, Ian Glasper, I was going to stick my 3 out of 10 I gave it in Terrorizer when it was released, but I hate it even more now. Hate! It's a powerful word, Ian. Um, Andrew Matthews, it has some good songs, Frantics and Angus We Amber. That would have improved with the solo and the drum sound like they've been played by old tyrants. They've done a lot better, but they have also done a lot worse. Six. Nice comment there, mate, as ever. And Paul Geddes. I've missed the voting, unfortunately, but I bloody hate this album. Even my cat doesn't like it. Zero out of ten for me. And the cat, Puss, doesn't like it either. Poor Puss. Right. So, thank you for all those comments. You can understand why I kind of written them. We've, we've now had about... 40 minutes of St. Anger. I've got three minutes to, to uh, round it off, which I will do. Um, it scored an average of 2.88. Uh, 40 people scored this as a zero. And again, I think some of that is the resentment and the uh, the betrayal we feel by Metallica when they left Thrashers. And we are Thrash Club. So um, we're not, you know, we are, you know, we all like metal or some of us like metal. Majority of us like metal, which they then became. But I think a lot of people liked them as a thrash band and they left that alone with load and reload and then felt that they had to come but wanted to come back to it and this was the best that they could offer yes there was a crisis yes there was a meltdown would this have been better if they'd have totally written it off and just gone you know what let's just you know we all the band is almost destroyed it's now back let's play a best off live set let's brush this away and then let's start. And I'm sure two or three of these songs would have made it onto the next album, whatever that was. Um, I think it might have been Death Magnetic. Uh, the, some riffs from the remaining songs may have made it. The ideas may have been refined. And we would have been hearing this album as coming out on YouTube as this is what Metallica did before when they had that meltdown and they almost destroyed the band and we'd all look back and go yes that is why yeah, because this is crap um, and we would have just been listening to it as an unreleased kind of thing don't know but it is interesting and I really enjoyed listening to it with everyone I enjoyed it and everyone's comments are valid here people love it people hate it people are in the middle 40 people gave it a 0 out of 10 three people gave it a 10 out of 10 all um possible marks were were voted for actually every single one of them all, all the way from zero through 10 so you know there's a this this album really does cover a range and that's why it was such a good pick for this one uh for the different album so we have got it though metallica i I've, i couldn't even find but someone has definitely said it that metallica they have the top spot with fire the lightning which is 9.2 i think and now they have the bottom spot. They have 2.88, and it's worse than the least effective uh, human cannonball by destruction. So that just shows you the breadth of the love and hate of Metallica. Um, that's Saint Anger done. You can crawl out of your rocks now. And um, but I've enjoyed every minute of uh, of this fortnight.
So if you're still with me after that 45, 50 minutes of analysing um, St. Anger, again, a medal is deserved. Um, thank you uh, I, for everyone's contributions for that. I, I loved every minute of, of, of everyone's contributions, everyone's comments. It was a fascinating album and one when uh, we set this club in motion and certainly when Robbie rejoined, I was again, I'm looking forward to albums such as St. Anger. And I remember using that as an example. Um, Cold Lake could have been another one. Um, Force of Habit, that was very close to being picked by Exodus. If It, it may well have been picked had we not had Exodus uh, Persona Non Gratis at the beginning of the year. So, and I forget who said the comment now, but someone said it that, um, every band has one and they're absolutely right and it could have been any of those and any of those different albums I think is worth analysing another album I think that definitely falls into this category is Sabbath's Morning Is Broken listening to that that everyone would or a lot of people would be listening to that with fresh ears even hardcore Sabbath fans who love uh, the first two so I think it's important that we we do expand that. And as Scotty well said, this is the reason why the club making you, you would bypass it. I'm going to listen to Metallica, uh, not St. Anger, not, you know, you wouldn't listen to this album. When was the last, as I, as I said, when I listened to it before going to the Reading Festival, and I haven't listened to it, it says and had no inclination to until this, um, this very fortnight. So, Thank you for everyone who partaked. We've moved on now. The club marches on as it always does. Um, time and tide waits for no man. And we've got Whiplash. Um, their debut album is up, ready for you to be uh, wax lyrical about in the underrated fortnight. That album is truly underrated. They are a band that should have been certainly bigger. We should be talking about Whiplash in terms of how we talk about Celtic Frost or the Frost, as we call them on here, or, um, you know, I, I, I don't know, Exodus, maybe, or one of those other bands like that, but we do not, we do not speak about Whiplash like that, because we feel they are underrated, and I know you guys feel, as in members of the club, feel that Whiplash are underrated. A few people think they are classics, that is, and that's fine, you know, if you think they're classics, that's, of course, uh, far be it for me, but in the mainstream, in, in, in polite thrash society still whip that when you list your names of thrash bands and influential thrash bands how far the list until you get to whiplash and at the moment they are painfully low why is that that's what we're investigating in their debut so um we move on also on the podcast we're going to give a few mentions now um thank you to paul hutchins on a a couple of things he done a speed reading for us a book called birth school metallica death uh, by paul branning branning brannigan and ian winwood uh, a couple of things that we'll just go through because we've talked about metallica for so much now um but we've got there are plenty of interesting bits of information cliff burton's passionate for carrying a hammer with him because hey you never know when you might need it come to fruition at a gig in finland where a huge fight broke out um, there was another one. Um, there we go. Newstead's arrival has been covered many times as has the farce around his base on Injustice for All. It still makes for good reading, though, the childish uh, intentions and pranks that he endured, as well as the fact that he admitted, I know my place and I couldn't write songs better than James is sobering stuff. Um, 
is on there are plenty of books about Metallica. This is up with them. Volume two covers 92 to 2014. Okay, so there's another another um, volume and is on order. And I'm expecting another fascinating read and hopefully we'll get another fascinating speed reading. Go and listen to his review or go and read that review. Thank you for that, Paul. Um, Paul also wrote a review of the Colville Metal Meet that um, I was so jealously not at when I was running down St. Anger. Um, great review. Now, I, Paul, I don't want you upsetting any more bands because you did have another lunch break and you missed a couple. Hopefully, you won't get as much slack because was it uh what was it steel house you shame on you went for a bacon butty and said that you didn't check out a band and you got ripped for it and you know a man's got to eat a woman's got to eat everyone's got to eat and drink and be merry as well um it takes a very hardened professional to say there are 20 bands on the bill today and i'm going to see all 20 and uh, to hell with my humanly needs um but that metal meat now I just want to say um, I've put it on the calendar already. The um, next year's has been confirmed again. Hopefully they'll have as decent a lineup as it was this year. So, and I know there is a fair few members already booked up in the hotel across the street. I will be picking a day, hopefully, and going up. If it's in turn time, I'll be going in uh, on the Saturday. And... The way you described it with the flip-flopping between the outdoors and indoors and the photographs and now your reviews, it's it just sounds absolute heaven. It just sounds a non-stress, great metal weekend. And you guys were privileged to be part of it. And I uh, know a, a band of them went up and I'm dead jealous of that. Um, and I'm hoping to be part of that soon. Now, we um we did have a T90, but I want to discuss that with um, Robbie when he returns. Uh, so thank you, Jamie Kinghorn. Hold your hold your fire because we will be discussing that because I think it's very valid and I think it's a it's something that I think because of the amount of work that goes in, we should justify it. So um, that's why I'm going to mention it here, ready for podcast 105. Right then, ladies and gentlemen, moving on and talking of mr hutchins he's taken on the rank and file feature with with a plum he's he's made it his own it's kind of his feature now um i, I kind of put in my little uh oh, is there any chance we could put this one on i'm kind of asking him to put songs in but he's he he comes back with a list for uh, me and robbie to have a look at and the list is more than four. You know, the last few weeks have been six, seven, eight bands that we could have picked on. And then another headliner comes in, a big band comes in. What about this band? So we and we do like to vary it. I think we're always good to have the bigger bands against the smaller bands. So really cool that he's um, he's done this for us. And what he's going to do now is he's going to talk about it. So welcome again, Mr. Hutchins, to the podcast wait for this eerie music to begin with just just bear with it it's it it's it's not as straightforward as bolton bangers it's a bit eerie maybe give you chills on this hot summer night
Welcome to the rank and file results for this week. We've had four bands to consider over the past two weeks. And first up was Surrey's Mosh in the Roof on Volume 3 alumni Gutlocker with their track To Be Alive from their recently released album of the same name. Secondly, we had Masters of the Apocalypse, the latest release by Huddersfield Thrash's Riptide, whose frontman, as we all know, Adam Smith, also pulls guitar duty for UK thrash legends Evile. Thirdly, we offered you the new release by Bloodbath, the Swedish and Yorkshire death metal supergroup with Zombie Inferno, the lead single from September's Survival of the Sickest album. And finally, we gave you Beer Barians by Teutonic Thrash's Tankard. Widely regarded as the fourth of the German Big Four of Thrash, their latest album, Pavlov's Dog, is also due out in September. So we had quite a good response this time, so thanks to everyone that ranked and filed, and the results are as follows. In fourth place with 14 points was Gutlocker. Third place with 23 points, Riptide. In second place with one point more on 24 was Tankard. And first place on an unassailable 36 points with seven first places was Bloodbath. So that's it for this round, but if you have any suggestions for tracks you want featured, drop Carl or Robbie the details and we'll put them into consideration. Until the next time, see ya. Ever the professional, mate, showing us how to do it. That's how you do a rundown of a rank and file, mate. Not my feeble, amateurish fumblings around, mate. That's now signed, sealed, delivered, and you'll be doing that again if you want to, of course. I'm hoping you'd say yes. Um, in the future, we've I know we, we've conversed about another one that's coming up. Um, looking forward to that early next week. And um, again, on the next podcast, hopefully you'll do a bit also. But Bloodbath are the winners. And this is what you wrote about them. Zombie Inferno, the Stockholm-based death metalers, have been bringing their brand of supergroup death for a quarter of a century. This is the first release from forthcoming album Survival of the Sickest. See what they did there. Which is due out on the 9th of September. Unfrailingly frightening, the single sees the arrival of live guitarist. Thomas Akvik into the fold. And I think you'll find that that pronunciation is absolutely perfect as um, some of my pronunciation is. <laughs> um, I've, I think I've seen that they played Bloodstock and I'm thinking this is, this is uh, Nick Holmes from Paradise Lost Band. And when I saw them there, they had like um, blood spatted um, doctors garb on like white coats and whatnot. And uh, Mr. Holmes has got blood smeared around his movie and things like that. Is is that the band or is it somebody else I'm thinking of? I'm sure it is that band. And uh, wasn't that something to do with Opeth as well? And the drummer of Opeth was in them and the singer from way back. So kind of a little bit, but yeah, I'm not disappointed, never disappointed. But um, I mean, I really like that Riptide as well. I think that's great. I mean, Gutlocker, absolute... Um, fantastic and i do like that town it's a little bit different for tankard as well so and i know um uh tankard have got a new album out soon uh no doubt that album will be on there so looking forward to hearing that so um and i know that john andrews actually sent us a video 
and I still haven't played it, but I will, uh, of them playing Obscene, um, Extreme Obscene, that festival in the Czech Republic where there's loads of stage diving. So thank you for that, John. I may try and get that up, um, and I should be able to get it up onto the site with your permission, mate. Um, and I know he, he sent me some stuff, uh, me and Robbie, some stuff uh, back from Obscene Extreme. And... Um, I just felt I, I said welcome home because I know he waxed lyrical. He loves that festival and um, him and him and Kat go to it or have been going to it. Of course, through lockdown and not been able to. So welcome home, mate. And I hope you had a great time there. So um, we are moving on to Pensum's Plate. So Pensum's Plate, of course, is our second tier competition. So, so far, so good sophomore. Uh, we pick five albums into a group and then you vote for the best one and they go through to another group. So he's trying to make it a little bit different to the so far, so good sophomore. And in this particular heat, we had The Haunted, Made Me Do It, Annihilated, The Ultimate Desecration, Corrosion of Conformity, Animosity, Possessed Beyond the Gates and Lawnmower Death, the fabulous metal bozo clowns and i wished you happy listening well 27 of you commented um so let's hear some of your comments chris jennings gotta be annihilated the ultimate desecration a finer slab of uk thrash you'd have hard pressed to find sent a liquor's list as uh, a link as well because he is mr list and it is it's an absolute un underappreciated classic of uk thrash um and it's made that list from chris and i know psychob went on to his social saying that he was listening to some old um uh, annihilated and he he really rates them even if he doesn't he does say so to himself well chris says it and i say it and i know robbie would say it as well so you're in fine company there um sigh mark pensum tough again Three very different albums in there for me, but Annihilated, Close Second, and COC have missed out because I Love Made Me Do It and Trespass is one of my all-time favourite songs from The Haunted. Huge love for The Haunted, definitely. And we have featured their debut in the past. I think it's in the Hall of Fame, actually. Ian Salisbury, Possessed by a Long Way for Me Here. Possessed have such a following. They are diehards and... Ian just expressing that. Lee Shep, Annihilated, Easy, Lawnmower Death Second. Not a huge amount of uh, love for Lawnmower Death with this album. Um, it is very different to uh, Oh Crikey, though, but uh, Annihilated get another one there. John Wig, Annihilated at a Canter. Totally agree. David Henry, Possessed, then Corrosion of Conformity. See, again, Possessed just uh, mopping up there, mate. John Beavis, that was very difficult. Loved The Haunted and Possessed, but went for Animosity by COC. It won't win, but Holler, Mad World, Hungry Child, Lost for Words, Intervention, truly great record for me. And yes, it is. That is a, it is a fine record. That Lost for Words is just played chaotically to perfection on that one, John. Darren Robb, Gotta Be a Homeboy's Annihilated for me here. Fabulous album. Yep, totally agree. You're in good company, mate. JD, right away I said Lawn Mower Death simply because of the fun element of the band. However, musically, I have to go for Annihilated, the ultimate desecration. Sorry, Lawn Mower Death. Um, though no need to apologise, mate. Uh, Julius Caesar, The Haunted Made Me Do It was an instant classic. That's a front-to-back banger. I love Possessed. 
and have a hard time picking against it, but got to go with my first instinct. The first instinct is often the most reliable, Julius. Thank you. Kevin Adamson, a few, very few pans can top haunted for me. That's why, Kevin, did you vote for Annihilated? Question mark. Peak D between Annihilated and COC for me, but side cob stayed true and didn't sell out. So Annihilated get my vote. And there you go, Pete. Uh, Given one uh, a vote for side. Um, if Annihilated didn't win this, there's something wrong. Um, Chris Ripley, Possessed and COC. Mick O'Reilly, thank you, mate. Mick O'Reilly, Annihilated by a Mile, still have my vinyl, absolute belter of an album. Into the Flame should be a staple on any mixtape. Totally agree, mate. Thank you so much. Um, Brian D'Andrado, Animosity blows them all away. Easily one of the absolute best crossover records ever. This album was one that definitely influenced Jeff to write so fast for Rain and Blood. Beyond the Gates is second for these for me. Some killer tracks, even though the production sucks. This record never got the love it deserved. Heretic, Phantasm, March of March or to Die, Tribulation, Seance Beyond the Gates. Um, just to name a few. So uh, Brian really rates it. And there's there's some fella here called Carl. Um, just he's, he's author and admin um, going annihilated for me because the at the Beyond the Gates came close. COC came closer, which it did. But the pure thrash of uh, annihilated swept me away. And that's exactly what it did. It swept me away on a thrash tidal wave of joy. Uh, Mick O'Reilly, what did you reply to me saying? The solo to Into the Flame still stands the hair on the back of my neck. Couldn't agree more. It's a fantastic slab that everyone should have. So here is the order. In fifth place, Lawnmower Death. In fourth place, fourth place, can you believe this? Corrosion of Conformity. Third place, with all of those comments, Third place, Annihilated. Gutted. Absolutely gutted. Uh, only 1% in it, though, for runner-up The Haunted made me do it. But the winner was Beyond the Gates by Possessed. By quite some way, actually. 38% of people voting for Beyond the Gates. Uh, that was a brilliant pen. I really enjoyed listening to those albums. I listened to the majority of all of them. Um, I can't say I listened to all of them all the way through. But... I'm pretty, pretty pleased with my pick and enjoyed listening to all five or a section of all five. I hope you guys did also. Um, so we will have probably another Pentons play in about another three or I think about another three weeks. Um, I think we're going to get the second round of So Far So Good Sophomore out of the way. And then we'll have the last heat or the last group stage of Pentons Plate. Talking of so far, so good, sophomore. Let's get straight into that now. Um, creator versus um, Forbidden. Um, creator, Pleasure to Kill versus Forbidden's um, Twisted Into Form. Two very different albums, obviously one being German, obviously one being Bay Area. Where were we going to go as a club with this? Going to read the comments, make a little comment on each one, as I've been doing, as you kind of you're getting to know the kind of format that I'm doing in a solo project in. Um, as I said, don't worry, normal service will resume next week. As long as uh, Robbie gets home from uh, Holly Bob's. Okay. Um, again, Robbie, just, just, just to say, mate, please get that factor 50 on leave the 20 alone, put the factor 20 alone, get some Bermuda shorts on leave, 
Paul Hutchins budgies alone and just just look after your skin, mate. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Um, so let's see where we go. Ian Salisbury. I like Forbidden, but Pleasure to Kill is another league. One of my favourite albums ever. There you go. That's If it's one of your favourite albums ever, you're always going to be voting for it. Um, but that kind of does put uh, a lot of the comments in in that in Ian's Salisbury's basket because not too many people said this is an easy one for me or forbidden I don't like um, or the other way around it's creator I don't like these albums are classics people love these as these albums almost equally and it's just one album got the share. Uh, David Henry, this is going to be a landslide creator all the way. Interestingly, because I thought it was going to be the other way. It was going to be a landslide for Forbidden. So interesting that we both think differently on that. Andrew Matthews, always felt let down by Twisted into form after Forbidden Evil. But creator always hit the spot during this period. So guess which way I have voted. I kind of feel um, they're very different albums, Twisted and Forbidden Evil. Um but twisted uh, listening to it and giving it some attention over these past few weeks uh, certainly this year when we started the competition like robbie it, it's just a fantastic record sorry creator but this is a no-brainer for me as it was for me as well kevin that was kevin adamson um paul bill bilbrey this will always go creator's way it's a great album and they're more popular but for me it's forbidden there you go you could see the writing on the wall um there paul where i could not uh dean hughes forbidden not easy but have gone for the underdog and the one i have probably listened to more than the other yep the same here mate i think a lot of people uh, are thinking along the same lines paul hutchins which way have you gone not a hard decision for me visceral teutonic thrash all the way creator for the win it's certainly that it's got German thrash running through it and he's vicious, it's nasty. Uh, thank you, Paul. Malcolm Noz Norris, forbidden easily for me, but looks like it's going to be take a hiding. And it did, mate, it certainly did. Julian J. Birch, in my opinion, Pleasure to Kill is the second best thrash album after Rain in Blood. That is extremely high praise. Um, Chris Key, Pleasure to Kill is one of the all time greats. Twisted into form is cool, but no serious comparison. There you go. Um, all time greats. And this is why Creator did go through. I think everyone knows that now um, with things like Second to Rain in Blood and All Time Great. Richard Oliver went on. Horrible decision as I love Forbidden and Twisted into Form is a certified rager. But Pleasure to Kill is one of the greatest thrash albums of all time. Another one. I would call for. I don't know. Twisting Form is a rager. I think it's kind of like a real grower. It creeps up on you and, and attaches itself to you. But yeah, the uh, <clears throat> Pleasure to Kill, greatest thrash album of all time, in your opinion. You're going to vote for it, mate. Thank you very much. David Morris, no contest. Creator, Pleasure to Kill. Uh, not too many people saying no contest, uh, but you did, mate. So fair play to you. Chris Ripley, I only really like the first Forbidden album. This one was just okay. As this has been said, Pleasure to Kill is a classic, so an easy decision. Maybe I'm wrong. Two people straight off the bat making it an easy decision. And yes, two very different albums from Forbidden, for, from the first one. Mark Pensum, ah, bastards. Forbidden, both are nines. And I really, really love Twisting the Form. Some superb guitar and drum work and Russ at his peak. Yep. Definitely, mate. I think uh, Russ not using that high end too much during this album because it 
not necessary. We know he can go there, and he does, but he doesn't need to do it all the time as he does on Forbidden Evil, in my opinion. Psychop, he have annihilated and some of the Endless Nights. Landmark genre album versus Second Wave Bay Area. It has to be creative all the way. Both excellent albums, but only one can win. We all right there, mate. Only one can win, uh, and creator getting it for you. But both, I agree, both are excellent albums. Uh, this was not a difficult time again. Just pleasure listening to these. Uh, Simon Griffiths, not that hard. Pleasure to Kill is an absolute classic. So a third, a hat-trick for very easy decisions. Thank you, uh, Simon. I remember to give you a like for that. I'll do it now. James Nesbitt, easy decision for me here. As much as I really enjoyed Forbidden's debut, nothing they did after that had the same impact on me. Creator, on the other hand, went from strength to strength. This was my introduction to the band, and I can't get enough of them. Just can't get enough of that love, as Bad Company said, and another easy decision. Um, Aza Tullet, to echo every other comment, going to be horrible to see for Vin go but pleasure to kill is a classic thank you for summing that up Aza totally agree uh, well don't totally agree actually what a stupid statement for I put on there because I actually voted for Forbidden but I do get your statement there mate you get the sentiment from your statement Chris Gambold Forbidden's best album and one of my all time favourite thrash albums I love Pleasure to Kill and yes it is more important than the development of thrash but for me Twisted Into Form is a better album pound for pound and Chris I did do the thing where I couldn't really split them so I put them one creator song one twist uh, one forbidden one creator one and I just felt Forbidden just had a little bit more on each one. Adrian Mayers, Twisted Into Form is one of my all-time favourite albums, a superb slab of pure Bay Area thrash that I actually prefer to Forbidden Evil. Creator are a band that I respect immensely, but I was never a massive fan of it, so it's forbidden all the way for me. So a kind of easy decision there for Adrian, levelling it up some point. Adrian Marsh, no contest whatsoever. Pleasure to Kill with a huge influence on me and a downright classic. So again, straight up to those three easy decisions. Uh, this is getting exciting. Um, Neil Coggins, no contest. Creator, riot of violence, could win it on its own. That forbidden ain't too shabby either. Yep, good to hear you say that, mate. But yeah, those creator songs really do hit hard. Really hard. Um, Lee Shep, love forbidden, but... Pleasure to Kill is my favourite thrash album that doesn't contain the words hell and awaits in the title. And there you go, someone, um, was it, uh, I forget who's done it now, but it was saying about Rain in Blood, there's another one, Hell Awaits, classic album that a lot of people love, and Pleasure to Kill was right there with it. Tony Watson, uh, a close one, but Creator takes it for me, if only for the title track alone, and that is a blistering title track. Did they play it at Bloodstock? Do they still play it? They should if they don't. Mikko really Creator by a mile for me. This is the European equivalent of Master of Puppets. Don't forget the production. Then this album came out, it was fucking earth-shaking. So he is saying, Mick is saying, um, as, as put it, we've had Rain in Blood, we've had Hell Awaits, and now we put it up against Master of Puppets. Brilliant. Pete D, Pleasure to Kill, without a shadow of a doubt, one of the best thrash albums of all time. That has been said loads of times. You can really see why Creator forged ahead with the percentage that they did after reading these comments one after the other. Um Darren Robb, which kind of contradicts what I thought, but we have had a lot of love for Forbidden. Darren Robb, I've had a lovely morning singing along with these lovely albums from these popularly beat combos. Very different albums, but both are absolute ragers. Is this happenstance, though? 
I shall be siding with the Teutonic Titwillows. Thank you for your time and thank you for yours, Darren. Always appreciate your comments and they're always great. Uh, Stuart Jardine, Forbidden were a class act, especially on this album and the debut. I think as much as I love Pleasure to Kill, I'm going Forbidden. So uh, one there for Forbidden, but again, conflicted. I could feel the conflict. Terry Mapp, uh, the two albums are worlds apart, but also top entries in each band's career. I love both in their own right, but creative for me in this era are just unbeatable. While I would award each album a straight up 10, creator wins. There you go. Uh, a straight up 10. Both get straight up 10s. Both are at the top of the Hall of Fame for first Terry. Um, I put a comment on. We won't read that. It's a bit self-serving. Um, Eric A. Arak. Brutal decision for knowing, um, knowing Pleasure to Kill will be the victor. But I'm going with Twist into Form vote-wise as it is still in constant rotation. The first three tracks are a thrashing juggernaut. Yeah, that it is a it's a left right and good night on that album, Eric. Totally, totally get where you're coming from there. Brian D'Andrade, he's written quite a bit. Let's get into it. You guys continue to kill me. You are sure this is a random selection? Just doesn't seem possible that every time it's two I could give a rat's ass about or two I worship. Anyway, two absolute amazing records here, not a stinker on either album. I'm shocked to hear many say they prefer the debut to Twisted. While the debut has some absolute stellar tracks, in my opinion, it's also some pretty cheesy ones like the title track Off the Edge and Follow Me. Pleasure to Kill destroys Twisted as far as brutality and speed, but the musicianship on Twisted blows away that of pleasure. I still spin both of these quite often. I'm going with Forbidden only because they need the votes. Both are much more worthy of moving on than several of the turds that have already done so. Ironically, both of these bands blew away the bands who headlined for these two tours. Creator opening for Voivod in 87 and Forbidden opening for Death Angel in 1990. And I saw that tour and they were awesome. Forbidden. Um, Voivod in 87. <sighs> what a great bill that would have been. Creator and Voivod in 87. You truly lucky mate uh adrian morgan this is to be the hardest for me so far two of my absolute faves one flawless and stunning put together the other rough brutal and as clean as a cow shed i'm going with the cow shed creator for the win it's pure unadulterated and a perfect piece of oldy rough pure thrash thank you mate um gabrielle alinjandro forbidden by far thank you mate um, one man after my own heart, or maybe lady. Um, Gareth Pugh, I love Twisted into Form, easily Forbidden's finest hour, an absolute gargantuan beast of a thrash album. Those dark, haunting, labyrinth melodies and unique riffs and Russ, massive pipes over the top. Saying that, Pleasure to Kill is a completely uncompromising, vicious thrash album that is so full of venom and it literally crackles with energy unlike their slightly sterile and overproduced new material. Both are 10 out of 10, but because of its impact and importance, Kill gets my vote. Thank you, Gareth, for that. That's a great comment. Love reading that. And finally, talking bollocks after he told me to, um, what did he tell me to go fuck myself? Um, Creator was a game changer for European thrash. Twisted is probably my favourite forbidden album but it's no pleasure to kill. So again, just summing up that pleasure to kill just slays all and slayed all they did, ladies and gentlemen, with creator picking up 73% of the vote. 
but I do think that uh, um, that the decision was hard for a lot of people. Although there was a good five or six that just went no creator, and you would expect an album that has been held alongside Rain in Blood, uh, Hell Awaits, Master of Puppets, the best European thrash album, uh, the best creator album, is going to score high against a lot of albums and it really did put forbidden to the sword so um we say bonjour to forbidden uh will they qualify for next year is it the green album is that the next forbidden album not 100 percent sure um but that's what is up next now um so we put creator into the next round that means we have got six albums left and i've got a number generator and i said i thought to myself that i would do this beforehand we have got three number three and that's matching up against number two so let's go and find out who number three is first and that is sabbat sabbat dreamweaver is out the hat and it's number two and that's taking on overkill so it's sabbat taking on taking over by overkill sabbat streamweaver versus taking over my goodness that's a round that is a tough one going with sabbat pure i just find it more thrashy i'm 65 going sabbat but i'm going to give both a listen to i could be persuaded though because Overkill's album taking over is a is a real classy banger. It's still a bit metal, whereas Sabbat is all thrash. But yeah, that's a tough one. I'm sixty five percent Sabbat though. I don't know whether I'm going to change my mind or not. But it's one nil to Sabbat as we speak, and that will be on this weekend. So get listening if you're listening to this on Friday. Get listening to it. It's it, your weekend is now arrived. Get in there with those two classic albums and you won't be disappointed, ladies and gentlemen. So thank you for voting in uh, so far. So good, sophomore. Um, we move on to the last feature of the evening for this podcast. We are going on. I put the back signal up. Um, I'll put it up to say it's our recommendation exchanges. What have you been listening to, watching? What should the club know about? And I neglected to say that I was on my own because a couple of people knew I was going to do that. Or a few people, I say a couple, a few people knew that I was going to do this on my own. And immediately I was swamped with some completely unpronounceable names. You know, I find it difficult and yet you torment me. God, yeah, I'm mocking the afflicted. It really is. Um, so I didn't say that I was on my own because I was just waiting for who's that death metal band, which it's kind of like a chapter from a, the title of the band is like a chapter from a book. And even when they abbreviate it to a letter of each, each word, it's still, it's like, you know, it's kind of like a, it's like that Welsh um, place with gok, gok, gok on the end. So um, I, I'm, if I'd said I was going to do it on the ones, that's what I was expecting. Um, I think I got, I've got away with it, but we have got some good recommendations here. So, Let's go through them. Let's see if uh, you're going to get some of these recommendations done. Kevin Adamson, all seven Gamma Bomb albums, revision for tonight's gig, and they are playing with Hell Ripper in, is it Glasgow? Um, good on you, mate. No doubt we'll get some uh, 
uh, Dan Rob seconds this as well. I know uh, Graham Meldrum will probably third it as well. Thank you, mate. John Beavers, still listening to the Righteous Fall album. That's the, it's got Reed Mullins on it, isn't it, from Corrosion. Had a listen to the Elfson new album, Death, as well. New tune sounds decent. I must put that down. In fact, I'm going to write that down as well, because I am going to have a listen to that. Thank you, John. And Frank Bellow's autobiography is a good read, too. We had a speed reading on that, mate. And yes, Paul Hutchins will concur. An interesting book. So I've been told I'm waiting for it to come out on audiobook. <clears throat> Richard Oliver, I've listened to the upcoming Oceans of Slumber and Witchery albums to review for The Razor's Edge. Both albums out tomorrow. We should be able to get those on that wonderful website. And I've also been spinning some municipal waste for my own entertainment. And uh, thank you very much for that, Richard. I, Oceans of Slumber, I think I'm going to give a go to. So I'm going to write that down real quickly. And what I want you to, uh, to say about... Um, municipal waste yes i've heard that new album quite like it it's a little bit more it's a little bit different from what i was expecting from um municipal waste and um if you happen to be a talking bollocks patreon you would have had the opportunity to ask uh, the guitar player of municipal waste whose name escapes me um whose surname is waste so he was always destined to be in municipal waste ever since his mum's christened him like that so fair play to him but um he uh uh howard h smith is interviewing him you could get to ask him a question if you want to become a patreon of howard h smith i would recommend you do so there's also a live uh zoom call with him tomorrow which i will be listening into it's always great bearing in mind that we've got the pantera reunion we've got dominion theater uh, dominion theater uh uh is it is, uh the festival cancelling um it's going to be a long one. Bring your dinner. You may need that if you're going to that Zoom call. Um, so get on there and get 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 your Patreon uh, sub sorted out, and you too can be part of that. It's good. It's really good. Jason Manley, Seen Social Distortion. What a great band they are. Been waiting seven years for that, and well worth it. Yeah, they are great. Uh, listen to Wargasm, the new band, not the old one. Really digging their stuff, especially some of the tracks which have a thrashier curve vibe to them. And read early Fantastic Four stories. Well, why not? And why would not indeed, Jason? Some of those early comics I love. I love the where they're just sectioned off perfectly. That, that's brilliant. Uh, Paul Hutchins, One Gig, Gamma Bomb, Hell Ripper and Volantis in Bristol on Saturday. Absolute banger of a night. Album, Oceans of Slumber, Starlight and Ash, which is stunning. One book, Birth School Metallica Death, which is featured in the speed reading segment of the club earlier this week. Volume two, volume two has arrived, so looking forward to getting stuck into that too. Brilliant, and hopefully we'll have a a, a second one for um uh was it Death Birth School Metallica Death? Thank you very much, mate. Side Cobb, been going through some of my own older releases, and I still reckon Annihilated Eye Deviant and Antisocial Engineering hold their own against anyone, both sonically and lyrically. But enough of that self-flagellation. You flagellate away, mate. Uh, Rainbow Rising, Made in Japan, and Cage Fight for me. Oh, he's got in there. He's, he's, he's done me. But um, Annihilated had to be mentioned, but well done, mate. Uh, ben Williams has been on. I've DM'd you 
about something, Carl? Have you had a look at your message request? I have had a look. I haven't got it yet, mate, but I will reply to your message. Um, more about that coming up. Ben, I met Ben at the weekend. Um, he is now a member of the club and you too will be hearing some stuff that he has got in one way or another. Uh, Edwin Grondworld, lots of free Robert Rankin books on Audible, if you have a subscription, are keeping me entertained. Music-wise, it's the same stuff as usual. A mix of thrash, death, grind, death tones, talk, talk. Uh, and the Bugle podcast is brilliant. Thank you, mate. Not heard of that. Uh, Tanner McKnight, uh, strongly recommend this album. Uh, it, the cover looks brilliant. It's called Barbed. The album's called Barbed Wire Metal. And the, the band are called Elm Street. So I am going to give that just on the old-fashioned basis that the um, cover looks absolutely brilliant. Rob, thank you for that, uh, Tanner. Uh, moving on to Darren Rob, Gamma Bay, Gamma Bay, Gamma Bomb and Hell Ripper albums in preparation for tonight's gig. Also a little party cannon thrown in for laughs. Baths, maths, people called Kath Hath, Paths with Wrath. I think I'm done now. Thank you for your time. I Thank you for your time. As I've said, uh, original statement still stands. Love the posts. Frank Holby, new release, Critical Defiance, No Life Forms. Uh, a certain gentleman has reviewed that for Razor's Edge and will be out soon. New release, Exile, Path to the Unknown. Like that, bit of metal singing at the beginning, but enjoyed it. Um, so give that a go. And a new release, Inhuman Condition, Fear Sick. And they are playing Bloodstock, and we featured them on uh, a rank and file, I believe. So good stuff there, Frank. Thank you very much. Dean Hughes, Vice for the Fallen, Forearm, the Survivalist, and Watching Breeders. Mm, that's interesting. Is that Breeders the band, or is that a, is that a new series or something? Wait, on Netflix. Please let me know. Paul Geddes, Creator, Hate Uberalis. That title song is just absolutely brilliant. Love it. It's a raging one. Uh, a banger, no less. Hard Skin, Hard Nuts and Hard Cunts. <laughs> Great name for an album. Brilliant, mate. And DAD, No Fuel Left for the Pilgrims. Um, does he still have that one string bass with fire coming out of it? Probably does. Uh, Gareth Pugh, Conjurer, Pathos. I'm a bit behind the pack, but this is a seriously good sophomore release. Um... It is, I kind of feel they're kind of a little bit like England's answer to Code Orange. Going on, Judas Priest, Sag Winnings of Destiny. I'm a bit behind the pack, but this is a seriously good sophomore release. Uh, I, I, copy and paste job there, mate, but yes, very good sophomore release. And Steel Mange, As the Chapel Falls, long-awaited debut from the Manchester Youngsters. Might give that a go as well, mate. Put that on the list as well. Um, uh, obviously, they are old um, uh, Moshing the Roof Off alumni. Um, Nick, that phrase from Mr. Hutchins. Chris Gambold, zero metal this week in the playlist for some reason. Birth Born, the band formerly known as Astra, great US prog in the classic style. Uh, the Sound, Shock of Daylight, Heads and Hearts, 
found an old two-on-one CD of their classic EP from 1984 and its follow-up album from 1985, Great in the Car, good mate, and Bill Nelson's Red Noise, sound-on-sound classic new wave from the Bebop Deluxe singer-guitarist. So eclectic there. Thank you very much, Chris. Keep those eclectic mixes coming in. Love them. Graham Meldrum, gigs have been coming thick and fast in July, so in the last couple of weeks I've seen deep breath quite a few bands but two highlights were get it together and axe rash listening to mostly modern crossover stuff like drain and we're going to leave it there because you've had your three gram always tries to sneak one past me sean harkin he of harkin back a prong x no absolutes creator hate uberalis and madball for the cause three totally different albums all three of those totally welcome here. George Nesbitt, uh, Sam Hain, Intrium, Anthrax, XL, and Dismember like an ever-flowing stream. Another great three. Sam Hain, I believe, is Glenn Danzig's band after he left the after he left the Misfits, but might uh, might be mistaken. Uh, Anthrax, XL is that's that's the compilation album, I believe, isn't it? Or is it the is it the live? thing they've done in like the live stream so no live audience i think and is relatively new and dismember the ever flowing stream that one that's that was the album that was banned in the uk so thank you so much i've I've been liking these i like them now andrew matthews paradise lost back catalog obituary back catalog and cannibal corpse you can't have four, Andrew. I've said Cannibal Corpse. You can't have your fourth one. But lots of death metal back catalogs. Of course, we started the Paradise Lost Daily. Um, not sure how I'm going to find that, but I'm really enjoying it so far. And Obituary have some live albums. Um, I think they recorded um, certainly Cause of Death live. They do Slowly We Rot as well. Um, John Wig, first three albums of Adrenaline OD to celebrate their upcoming reunion shows in November in New York and New Jersey, which I'm missing by a week, gutted. The wacky hijinks of Adrenaline OD, humongous fungus among us, and cruising with Elvis in Bigfoot's UFO. And that's it. You've got your three, John. You can't get, you can't slide one past me, mate. Adam Matheson, been travelling, so went for some live album godliness. Um, please add on this because I think Adam is the one that gives some terrific stuff for us to pronounce. But shit, he, he's done me a favour here. I've got, I've got out of touch. Uh, Iron Maiden live after death. Raven live at the Inferno and ACDC if you went blood. And I'm so, I put pressure on myself because I thought if I mispronounced them, Adam would laugh himself to the, well, until he defecated in his pants, I reckon, if I'd have mispronounced one of them. But I didn't, so he's not. Um, but thank you, that's a great uh, trio of live albums. Larry Williams, Baroness, Yellow and Green, Deftones, Deftones, and New, New Crotica, Seed. Um, so that's an interesting selection there, quite intense as well. Thank you, Larry. Uh, Jamie Kinghorn, Municipal Waste, Electrified Brain. Oof, they mean business. Uh, just for Carl, ah, oh, see, he's done me, he's done me. Um, see, there, again, there's a letter here that I don't even, uh, it, it could be any symbol, it could be an alien symbol. Uh, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna go for it, I'm gonna go for it. It's uh, 
uh, and it said, "Don't be thankful," because uh, it's he's saying, "Oh, don't be thankful." He said, "Dave, I'm not going to do the debut. I'm just going to do the one that he's he's got." So it's Mr. Bream be rimming, <laughs> Mr. Rimming. Uh, it's certainly not that, but that I'm sticking with that. And algigami, algigami. There's again, it's it's all over the place. Uh, thank you for that, mate. And started on the boys season three on Prime. Um, the first death is. And there's a shock face. That may mean something to somebody. It doesn't mean anything to me. Carvo Atano. Discharge. Here, yeah, nothing see, nothing say, nothing. Great album. Seeing them at Bloodstock, hopefully. War, Plague on a Darker Dawn, and Hellcrusher. Human Misery. Some fine, fine noise going on there, mate. And then Scotty Wells to finish us off. Trivium in the Court of the Dragon. It's a masterpiece album. Black Sabbath. When Death Calls, tracks off of Headless Tr Cross. Oh, that, that's interesting one there. And Stone Sour, Hydragard. Great rock album. Um, some may disagree with you there, mate, but if you're loving it, that's brilliant. And thank you for sharing. So thank you for everyone's participation. If Just imagine if I didn't have everyone's participation. This podcast would be really short. But hopefully you've got your two hours here. Um, I'm ready for a lie down now, but um, just want to say thanks to everyone. I know uh, me and Robbie always do this, but we do really thank you for all your participation, all your hard work, all your due diligence, all your correcting and all your tolerance of me. And certainly through this um, uh, podcast, your tolerance of me. Yeah, I get it. I sound a bit needy now, don't I? Needy Carl. Needy Carl's back. Haven't had him for a while. So uh, Robbie's assured me he will be back. We will ha probably have a, um, depending on when he's back, I'm not even sure when he's back actually, uh, but um, we will have a Deepest Cuts. I've got three bangers, just just straight up bangers. Um, it is Robbie's deal. That's, that's Robbie's baby. So I certainly didn't want to do that without him. Um, and I know he's got someone lined up for us to join. So you get a nice three, a nine uh, playlist, nine track playlist, plus the little podcast as well that we do for that. Um, go and have a listen to um, obviously Dreamweaver and Taking Over. Plus go and listen to, uh, was it Power and Pain uh, from Whiplash? I'm just going to double check that because I know Pete D would kick me square in the bollocks if it isn't called that. And my phone is just cocking up on me. So I'm going to make sure because I don't want to kick in the bollocks because that hurts. It hurts. It stings. Certainly from PD. Have you seen his high kick stage maneuver? Power and pain. There you go. I've saved myself a kick in the bollocks by Whiplash. Um, we, that's the album. So you've got three classic albums to listen to. Uh, you've got all of those recommendations. Uh, and you've here got this here podcast as well. Thank you so much for everyone listening. Saint Anger. It wasn't that bad, was it? Come on. You can give it another listen to if you like.